0: Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Live Oak Church Podcast. We thank you for joining us today. The sermon notes are available on a PDF file at www.liveoakji.org. Here is Pastor Sean. All right, if you have your Bibles, Bible apps, um, turn to the book of James chapter 5. By the way, I have no problem using Bible apps. This is the digital age, no problem whatsoever, but we're only going to be in five verses. So if I see you doing this, I know you're not on the Bible app, okay? So I'm just going to call you out, all right? So just so you know. All right. Uh, we're in uh, chapter 5. Uh, we're going to be in, starting in verse 7. We'll get to that in just a second. Just kind of want to let you know where we're going. Uh, we're kind of coming into the landing. We've been going through um, uh, the book of James, just verse by verse, just kind of preaching and, and learning uh, what Pastor James has to tell us. And we're uh, coming up with that. Next week will be our last week uh, in the book of James. Then we're going to take three weeks. And the idea is for, um, for me to be able to kind of let you know what is the vision for next year. Where, where are we going as a church? Because I'm telling you, churches who don't go anywhere on purpose don't go anywhere. Uh, and so if we're going to go somewhere, we want to go somewhere on purpose. We don't want to wander aimlessly. And so uh, we're praying right now about what are the goals, what is the vision, what is the plan for Live Oak Church in the year 2020. And so we're going to spend three weeks uh, in November kind of unpacking that that idea. And so, uh, it will be framed, uh, love God, love people and live boldly according to our mission. Uh, also just a quick reminder, uh, next week, the, um, uh, the budget proposal for the year 2020 will be available to you. You can look at that and we will vote on that on the last Sunday of November. All right. So that is where we're going. And then believe it or not, we will begin our Christmas series. I mean, is that not crazy? Uh, begin our study in Luke, uh, and, that's that will begin. You know, the first four weeks will be uh, our Christmas series, and we're very excited about that. So, uh, which is just crazy to me. All right, here we go. Let's jump into it. Uh, starting with verse seven. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I pray in these next moments that you would truly allow me to get out of your way and allow your word to transform us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I was reading that, um, did any of you cringe right as I began reading and it said, therefore, be patient? How many of you guys, uh, you know, when we started reading that, just, oh, no, not that one. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. And because we are not a patient people uh, by nature. Um, Now, some of you are more patient than others. Uh, I can tell you that um, I am the least of these when it comes to patience. I'm not patient at all. But we really aren't patient as a culture. I mean, if you look at our lives, uh, you look at just kind of how we are. We have fast food. We have our phones download things at the speed of light. You know, uh, um, I remember, I was just yesterday. Uh, 'cause you know i don 't how many of you guys have just gone you know off of cable and now you 're doing everything hulu has anyone done that? Has anyone broken that cable yeah so we 've kind of broken off the cable thing. We do everything by Hulu or Netflix or those kind of things. And so my kids, I don't, they, they don't even know what commercials are anymore, you know, because all the, the shows, we, we don't watch anything live. I, don't, I couldn't tell you when NCIS actually airs, you know. We, we just watch it, you know, after the ones that have saved, you know. And, and so I remember the other day having to watch a TV show. With commercials, And I tell you, I felt like calling, you know, Geneva. It was torture. I was like, oh, no, it's 120 seconds before I could watch my show. And it just seemed like torture to me to have to wait for my show to come on. And if you've ever been in, 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 like, you know, I know it's horrible. I don't want to hear your comments about how evil McDonald's is. But if you've ever been to McDonald's or Sonic or whatever it is, and you're like, you know, you have to wait, God forbid, five minutes to get your food. You're like, no. You know, it, it goes. You, you go crazy, uh, or, or on your phone. It, it, if your phone dares to slow down a little bit, and, and especially the younger people, because you just don't know. I mean, some of us have. Some of us remember the, you know, and we remember that, and we remember when the internet first came out, and we thought it was so cool that you could download uh, an entire uh, CD or entire album of music. And we didn't really mind that it took three hours to download one CD of music. And now it's like, oh my gosh, it's taking so long. It took me three minutes, okay? It's crazy. As a culture, we are so impatient. We want everything right now. And so when when you start a passage, when you start a sermon where it says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord, you're like, oh man, okay. Because I remember as a young believer, I began to examine my life. And I began to say, okay, Lord, where are the problems in my life? As a young man, where are some issues that I had? And one of the problems I had was I was very impatient. And so I went to God and I said, Lord, make me patient. And I it, if God decided to answer that prayer, and, and you know He didn't just He didn't just sprinkle monkey dust over me and made me a more patient human being. No, He put horrible situations in my life that forced me to be patient. And I'm like, no, I take it back. I don't want to be patient anymore. And, and you know, uh, you know, because being patient, developing patience, can be can be kind of uh, can, can can stretch us as a people, can stretch us as a person. So we're going to unpack this passage. Basically, uh, the you know, uh, as the heading says, patience in suffering. As we've unpacked throughout James so far, he is speaking uh, to the church in Jerusalem. And you see where uh, where the people of God have been oppressed, where the people of God have been uh, persecuted, where the people of God have uh, have gotten themselves into trouble, you see, where James speaks very harshly about how we use our tongue, how we use our money, and, and so it, you know he is kind of putting, you know, kind of you know tying this whole idea up with a bow towards the end, and he says, okay, with all of this, you brothers, and so you always know. During the book of James, you always know who he's speaking to, uh, whether or not he starts the passage with brothers or brethren. That means he's speaking to the church in this particular area. And so he's speaking to the church and he says, my brothers. So we're going to look at a couple of things, uh, uh, three, four different points that will kind of help us process or, or walk through this passage of James. And the first thing we have to do, the first thing he tells us to do is to prepare our heart. He says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits in the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives it early in the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So one thing we, we learn out of this passage is that patience takes a long time. That's part of the idea of patience. Patience takes time. I mean we live on Johns Island Johns Island is a farmers uh, island this is you know you know many farms still exist here on Johns Island you can't put a seed in the ground and say grow and, and something's going to come out it doesn't work that way uh, a farmer knows that it takes time. It doesn't just take months. It takes seasons for things to grow properly. It takes seasons to work in and work out. And so the problem is in our life, in our very impatient lives, what we, 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 we see God work or not work based upon days. And what we don't understand is that God doesn't work in hours and days. God works in seasons of our life. And, and so when we understand that, when we look at our life, you look back on your life, you see how God has worked in your life up to now. But in the midst of that time, you were, like, you were probably shouting up to God, where are you? And now you see, oh, okay, I see what he was doing all along. And so when we ask God to answer a specific prayer, we need to be patient and know that patience takes a long time. It takes a while. Farmers work in seasons, not days. And we need to know that, that, that there are, whatever season you may be in your life, you may be at a very high point in your life. You may be thinking, I am just reaping the blessings of God, and I am just, you know, basking in His glory. That is a great season. Remember this season. You may be in in uh, a season in your life where you're like, God, are you even there? Because I can't see you. I can't feel you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I am going through this. But God, where are you? It's another season. And just know that the other season is coming along. I don't know how many of you journal. Some of you may or may not, but it, it, it can help you to look back. My, my, my mom bought me a... Um, a new journal for my birthday, and it's beautiful, and it's so beautiful that I didn't want to just use it just to waste it. Isn't that nice? A nice little beautiful uh, journal and uh, beautiful pages that just you know just soak up the ink, and I just love a good journal, and, but it was so beautiful. I didn't just want to waste it doodling or, or you know my plans for the week, and so I was like, I want a special purpose for this journal, and so what I'm using it for is uh, I, I'm thinking through the history of Live Oak Church over this past year. And how God has brought me through each of these situations that has happened. And the good and the bad and the ugly. And it's been remarkable as I've looked at over this last 18 months just the seasons already of the church. And some were very good and some were very bad. But as God's word tells us, a farmer, he is patient. He waits long. Um, He has a long wait. And then he also says, establish your heart. You know, sometimes when, I read, sometimes when we read scripture, phrases or words will pop out. When he says to establish your heart, he says, you know, um, uh, be patient. You also, be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I began to think about that. Well, that that's a great line. What, what, a great, what a great phrase, establish your hearts. What does that mean? What, what can we do? as a believer, to establish a heart. And so I just broke it down to three things. One, be ready for hard times. We need to be ready for hard times. We need to prepare to establish our hearts, to get it established, to get it rooted, to get it ready. The first thing we have to do is to be ready for the hard times. Know that hard times are going to come. Be prepared. And and listen, I know that that's kind of, you you know, you didn't come to church to hear the preacher say that you're going to have a hard time. You you don't want to hear the preacher say that bad days are going to come. But they are. We all know that. If you're not in the middle of a bad day, one is coming. We know that that's going to come. And so prepare your hearts and be ready for the hard times so that when the hard times come, you're not blaming God. Instead, you're recognizing that you're in the season of your life and that you know that God is still there and he's still sovereign. Secondly, be ready for the dead times. Be ready for the dead times. Now, when I say this, I'm talking about When you're just done, you're just you're just spent and 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 you're not you're not angry, you're not happy, you're just numb. And so many of us in our life, when we're just spending too much time, whether it's, you know, you've you got the family, you got to take the kids to soccer, you got to take the kids to, uh, to band practice, you got to go to, you know, make sure and pick up the groceries, feed the family, come together, you know, try to find some time for your spouse, and then the next day you have to start it all over again. And it's difficult for us to um, have a healthy heart, a healthy life when we are numb. And so we have to be ready for the dead times. When we start to feel ourselves become numb, we have to establish good release valves. Good release valves because it's in the time of numbness that people turn to sin. It's in the time of numbness that people turn to abuse, be it alcohol abuse, drug abuse, uh, looking at things on the computer they shouldn't um, Man, just Netflixing for 12 hours, you know. It's like, how is that bad? Really? All that stuff you just poured into your brain? I mean, you know, and I get we need a release valve, but we need to find healthy release valves. What is it that feeds you? What fills your tank? Uh, What what, what blesses your heart? What what can you do to, to bring life back into you? And I know it's difficult because some of us we can't control our schedules. You're like, I can't just take a day off and go walk on the beach. That's sweet. I love it, and it makes a great Hallmark card. But my life ain't there. I get that, you know, and I understand it. And, and so I, I guess the only way, only thing, only advice I have for you on the macro is just. I don't know, figure it out. You know I mean, you know, but we have, but no, before that numbness gets there, before that dead time gets there, you're going to need a healthy release valve, a healthy way of handling uh, uh, your, your, uh, your busyness. And then thirdly, be ready for good times. It's amazing how many people who don't turn away from God in the bad times. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many times you guys have come to me and said, Sean, pray for me, uh, I'm going to the doctor. Or Sean, pray for me, um, I'm hurting. Or Sean, pray for me, you know, uh, I'm really you know, worried about filling the blank. How many times do we turn to God in the good times? You know, Sean, I just, I just got to tell you, I, I want to praise God for this X, Y, and Z. Because of something good that's happened. It's amazing. We blame God for what's wrong. And we take credit for what's right. And so I think to establish our hearts, we need to be ready for the hard times. We need to be ready for the dead times. We also need to be ready for the good times. Don't forget about God. All right, first, we have to prepare our hearts. Secondly, we have to protect our relationships. Do not grumble against one another, verse 9 says. Brothers, so that you may not be judged, behold... The judge is standing at the door. So here we are. We're living this life, and we're impatient, and we're trying to get through this life. The, the first century Christians are just trying to make it. They're, they're going away from their old traditions. They're breaking away from their old traditions. They're, they're, they're coming along, and now everything they've known is gone, And so, but they're, they're submitting to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and they're submitting to him in this, the, the, this new church. And as they're trying to worship, as they're trying to do the right thing, it seems like one thing after another is coming against them. It's either the, uh, the, the rich are coming against them or uh, uh, the, 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 um, the, the religious are, are coming against them. The Jews are coming against them. The Romans are coming against, It seems like they're always being persecuted. And so they're, they're fighting this off. And so what James is saying is be patient. Okay. Be patient because God is at hand. And then he says, do not grumble against one another. Okay. Uh, Because that's what's going to happen. Because when we're overwhelmed, we begin to grumble. And so patient and, 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 you know, uh, one thing that we have to understand is as patience decreases, your burden increases, patience decreases. I'm sorry. Patience decreases, as your burden increases, patience decreases as your burden increases. And as your burden increases, your grumbles increase. Your, your, your patience runs out because you're just getting beat down and beat down, beat down. And you're like, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. And as your burden increases, it just squeezes out grumbling. Just go on Facebook. And just, just just scroll and, you know, you can tell who is, who is burdened and who is not. Because content people don't grumble. It's the people who are burdened. It's the people that, you know, it's that old adage, hurt people hurt people. And so when you have these people who are burdened, their, their patience decreases as your burden increases, and burdens equal the grumbles. The remedy for grumbling is persevering. The remedy for grumbling is persevering. The rem, remedy for grumbling is patience. The, the, the remedy for, for that, that griping against one another, one another is knowing that you're going to get through this. You know, t- today, must have, today may have been a horrible day. But God is still God, and tomorrow's another day. And if we could adopt that mindset, it will help us so much with our griping, help us so much with our grumbling. If we'll just know that this may be just one of the most rotten days in the history of days. I mean, you 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 got up in the morning, you woke up late, your your favorite shirt is all wrinkled, and you go to iron it, and it burns your favorite shirt, and you're like, oh man! So you had to put on your other shirt, but your other shirt doesn't fit right, and it makes you look fat right here, and so you're like, ah, but you're in a hurry, so you have to put it on, and so you go to work, and then you realize as you get to work, you're and put two different shoes on, and so you're trying to pretend it's a different shoe day, but no one's buying it. Your boss is upset because you were late to work, Even though, and it's just the, 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 the upset of the day because your boss just can't get off of your case. Uh, the, the person beside you had Greek for lunch, and so now they're just stinking up your, your, your cubby all day long, and you're just having a bad day. You, oh, by the way, they had Greek for lunch. You forgot your lunch, so you're starving and having to smell Greek guy over here, and so you're just having a bad day. You just want to go home, and then as you're on your way home, your kid reminds you oh hey by the way I have to go to band practice today oh man and so you go to band practice the only way to band practice you forgot you're supposed to pick up the other kid and you're so you jump them off and then you go to pick up your other kid and you feel like a horrible parent because your other kid's sitting at the sidewalk at the school all by themselves you're like oh man and so you pick that kid up and you, can't, and you feel guilty because you can't fix dinner at this point. So you're having to go to McDonald's. And so the kids are, yay! You know, but you feel like a horrible parent because you're feeding them all this garbage. And so they go to McDonald's and you go home. And then you just like, oh my gosh. And then you get a call from the school because ex kid, the one that you left on the sidewalk, also forgot to turn in their project. So now they have to do a project tomorrow. And so you have to stay up till 10 o'clock with this kid doing the project. And then you go to bed at night. That day, it's hard to go to bed and say, oh Lord, you're sovereign, how lovely art art thou. At the end of that day, you can get on Facebook and grumble or you can say, God, that wasn't cool. That was a bad day. But you're still God and tomorrow's another day. One mindset we can take that will help us when it comes to grumbling is always remember we overcomes me we is greater than me to think with a we mentality instead of a me mentality to think that god is doing something bigger than what he is just doing in my life when we think that the whole world is about us then it's easier to grumble when we begin to think of of our life as a gospel-centered life, to where it's Jesus' will above our own, then it's harder to grumble. When Jesus returns, He will make all things right in His time. One of the things we grumble about the most is because of what's fair. Because your life, your day was just a wreck. Meanwhile, Greek stinky guy next to you just got a promotion. And he doesn't work nearly as hard as you do, but he's the one that got the promotion. And you know, and he stinks and literally and you don't understand how he got the promotion, you work hard and you don't smell like, you know, bad food, and he's he got the promotion and you start comparing yourself to other people. And that guy, he doesn't go to church. He's an atheist. I love Jesus. I go to church every week. I go to Bible study, and I didn't get the promotion. God, what is going on? When we live a life like that, it's easy to grumble. When we live a life like that. We, you know, it, it, it can be easy for us to to get off kilter. But when we understand that when Jesus returns, He will make all things right in His time. Again, God works in seasons, in years, in decades. We work in hours, days, and weeks. Comparing is deadly. Just don't do it. All right, so first thing we need to learn is prepare our hearts. second thing we learn is protect our relationships. Third thing we learn is to proclaim your story. Verse 10 is an example of suffering and patience, brothers. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. When we look at the heroes of the faith, we applaud the outcome, but we forget the struggle. You know, it's easy. We think of the heroes of the faith. Uh, you know, when, when we look at the ve- you know our kids VeggieTales videos. They show the incredible victories of Elijah and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Moses and David. And we look at their lives and we see how they were used by God in such an amazing way. And we're like, I want to be used in an amazing way too. I want, to be, I want to be like them. I want to make a difference in the world for God. You see, a lot of times we, we celebrate their faith, and we applaud the outcome, but we forget the struggle. Every one of those heroes of the faith had a struggle that led up to the outcome. You look at the story of Job. The story of Job was this man who was, who was righteous, and, be, and his righteousness led him to, to be a good businessman, and because he was a good businessman, he had tons of money, and he had great family, and the family actually liked each other, and it was crazy. And so the the devil went to God and said, look, you know, none of your people are righteous. They're all just sorry sapsuckers. And God said, consider my servant Job. And Devil said, yeah, well, of course, of course, he's good. He, He spoiled him rotten. He's got everything. He's rich. He's got a great family. And so God's like, all right, we'll take away his take away his wealth. And and so but you can't touch him. So the devil came, and he, he took away the, uh, the Job's wealth, and, and he was devastated, but he did not take his eyes off God. And, and then the devil took away his family and basically took everything away from Job. And as Job was lamenting, as Job was crying out, his wife and his friends were like, just curse God. Just what have you done? Just curse God and kill yourself. That's the message of Job. But he didn't. He wouldn't take his eyes off God. He wouldn't take his allegiance away from God. He persevered. And because of his perseverance, because of his steadfastness, because of his patience with God, God blessed him ten times over. Now I tell that story because every story involves a struggle. But to those who are faithful, every story also has a powerful outcome. Your story, our story, includes struggle. But for it to be a success, for it to truly honor God, it must also include patience. If our story with the struggle and patience, if we will have both of those, we will have the victory. So, number one, prepare for your heart. Number two, protect your relationships. Number three, proclaim your story. And then number four, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, number four, practice mouth control. Practice mouth control. Now, James is big on this, as we saw earlier in the, in the book. And so verse 12, he says, but above all others, my, uh, but above all, and I find this interesting. This is what he says is more important than all the other stuff. More than patience, more than getting along with your friends, and you know, more than getting along with others. Above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, that you will not fall under any condemnation. As we discussed earlier, the mouth is wicked and evil. And how easy is it for us to move God's plan along? With a promise, a swear. How, in today's culture, where words have become so, I don't know, so easy, because I don't have to speak to you. I don't even have to look at you and speak to you. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have texting, we have phones. And so how easy is it for us to use words that we don't mean? And James is, is basically telling us that we have to be careful that our yeses should be yeses, our noes should be no- You should be known uh, f- for integrity by how you speak. And how easy would it be for us to move God's plan along a little faster, a little quicker, with a little promise, a swear, an oath. But if we're not careful, oftentimes we're going to talk our ways out of God's plan, and into more suffering. Sometimes when, I'm, uh, uh, when I get nervous, I talk a lot. I babble. And I don't mean to. Especially like, this has hurt me in business, you know, when I'm like trying to set up a lease for this building or another building, you know, uh, don't stay quiet. And it'll make me nervous. And so I, well, well, well you don't have to worry about it. I'll pay the deposit. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll, I'll double deposit. Just let me have the building. I'll, and I'll just start talking. I'll start talking. And, I'm, I'm, and, and end up giving people everything they want just because they stayed silent and I couldn't stop talking. Sometimes we just have to stop talking and let our yeses be yeses, our noses be nos, and let God work. So what do we do? We have to, one, know that there's going to be suffering. You brethren, you church of God, there will be suffering. There are going to be bad days your way. There are going to be bad days this week, next week, next month, sometime. There's going to come a day where bad days come. And it may not be a day. It may be a week. It may be a season. And so how do we prepare for that? How do we process that? Number one, we prepare our heart. Number two, we protect our relationships. Number three, we proclaim our story. And number four, we practice mouth control. And then finally, we thank God that he is patient with us. How patient is he with us? If you want to find out really how to be patient, look at the heart of God. How many times have we failed him? How many times have we come begging for forgiveness? How many times has he been patient with us? And if we would simply come humbly before God and know the ways of God, we would find that we would be able to endure life much easier by developing a spirit and a lifestyle of patience. That only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only comes from those of us who submit our hearts to him. And so each of us need to know, each of us need to ask that question every day. Have I surrendered my life to Jesus? Because that's the first step. To surrender my heart, my life to Jesus. To acknowledge that God, that Jesus is God's son. To acknowledge him that he paid the sin debt price for me. And that as I submit to him and give my life to him, his blood on the cross covered that sin debt. And that I am free forevermore. Not free from pain, but free from the penalty of sin. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time we have to come together today. And God, I just pray. I pray we would be a patient people. I pray, God, that this church, that we would rise up, that, that we would acknowledge that that, that bad days are going to come, bad seasons are going to come. But God, you are still there. And in the midst of the bad time, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the pain, we can still know that you are God and you have a plan. And in the midst of the pain, you are teaching us and molding us and creating us to be what you want us to be. And Lord, I pray that we would be patient through the suffering. God, I pray that we would be known as a people who are full of joy and that we would not grumble against one another, but we would love one another and care for one another. And God, I pray that we would be a people who are known for our yeses to be yeses and our noes to be noes, to be a people of integrity. I pray that so that the world may know that you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, this week, um, as we process through uh, and finish through this week, uh, be praying. Please pray for live oak coffee. Uh, again, pray for uh, gospel conversations to be had and for the love of God to be presented even through espressos and lattes. Uh, Secondly, I ask as you go out from here uh, to be in prayer, next week we're going to finish out the series talking about prayer um, because I want Live Oak Church to be a praying people. Because I believe prayer works, and I believe prayer moves our hearts and aligns our hearts with God. And so I just ask you uh, to prepare your hearts and and to just um, do everything you can to be here next Sunday uh, and and bring a friend. All right? Uh, We will be taking um, uh, Lord's Supper together uh, as a family next week. Okay? All right. I love you. Go and send them more. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Live Oak Church Podcast. Please consider partnering with us or signing up for our newsletter by going to liveoakji.org. Have a great week and remember to love God, love people, and live boldly.